Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So another packed podcast this week. Despite the fact there's no football, at least it's only just over two weeks before the players go back into training, Rich. The long footballless spring and summer is coming to an end. It's fingers crossed, isn't it? I mean, yeah. We're still not there yet, but um, I, I think I think possibly training in two weeks' time, followed up by some announcement once the playoffs are over, the league, uh, the the national league playoffs are over, that there'll be a return to playing mid September, but with masks. We'll talk about that later. We will. Plenty to talk about this week. You've got two chats this week. You've been talking to Gary Johnson, yeah, who's got some very interesting things to say about how playing more might. Be COVID safe after yep. all this is yep. over, and also you managed to grab a chat with Asa Hall when he was in the middle of his training, which we'll um, come to in a minute. Yep. After that, it's the Q team players whose surnames begin with Q who played for Talk United, which means it's the Joe Quigley show. <laughs> uh, but we have got a full eleven, including a goalkeeper, two goalkeepers, in fact, of players who have turned out for Queens Park Rangers. And Talker United. We'll get the Q uh, link in there somewhere. But first of all, I'll tell you what, let's go and talk to Gary first of all. Let's have a listen to your chat with Gary about what might happen at Plainmore after this is all over. It's n- another one of those weeks where I'm just going to say, is there any news? Because uh, we're, we're all still waiting. Yeah, no, we're all still waiting, um, you know, expectantly. I mean, we did get the, the better news that we seem to be getting further or nearer uh, the decision of. Yeah, a, an official decision for the middle of September, um, as in you know the start of the league. Yeah. Um, so I think we might have to just wait for the national league playoffs to go without a hitch. Right. Um, yeah, that then, makes sense. You know, that's, yeah, sort of like a test, really. Yeah. Um, and if that goes well, which everything else has gone well so far, then uh, hopefully we can um, you know get back to some sort of normality. Albeit maybe with a with a slightly reduced um, crowd. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're all getting used to the idea that that Playmore's not going to be packed to the rafters. But I guess with um, the 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 people focusing now a bit more on masks, that that gives us the opportunity to get into the ground, maybe. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, you know, there's. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of safety procedures. You yeah. know, I've ventured out this week into the shops <laughs> and things, and uh, you can see that at the moment people, you know, need to know either wear them or don't wear them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like a them and us at the minute. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah you were wearing so, a mask, were you, Gary? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing it when, you know, like I go into uh, shops and things, or if there's a lot of people around. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's a bit difficult, like, you know, it's a hot day and you think, oh, well, no one else is wearing it, I won't wear mine. You, you need some direction, don't you? It's a yeah. bit like my players, they need direction. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's an it, it's interesting one as far as, you know, what we still don't really know how thick the coverings have got to be, whether it's safer to wear one or not. One ply, um, three ply, yeah, all that, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we, we all look like the masked raider, don't we? You, <laughs> you catch yourself in the reflection 
of a shop window and you think, well, yeah, I look like I'm just about to rob the place. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if, if five, you know, sort of five months ago, if people were wandering around shops in masks, everyone would have been kind of a bit confused, wouldn't they? Well, well exactly. That's why I think everybody's really got to, you know, like adhere to whatever it is they're telling us to do. So, and I think, you know, when we bring that to Plainmore, if you like, and if masks are, are, are still needed, you know, you, you just want that clarity that, yeah. that they're, they're more beneficial than not, yeah. if you like. Yeah, because that's what some people are telling us they are, some people are telling us they're not. So some clarity on that would be nice. And yeah. then, um, you know, it, it can, and then all of a sudden, you, 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 you know, your face mask becomes uh, uh, something like it would be a, a talky hat or a, or a talky yeah. flag or, you know, that, that, that sort of stuff, you know, becomes part, part of the supporters' uniform. It does, yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, you said you, you popped out to the shop this week. I, I, I take it you haven't been out that much. I bet you can't wait to get on the motorway and come down to Playmore, though, and see see the pitch and stuff, can you? Oh, no, I mean, obviously, we're getting regular updates yeah. as far as the pitch is concerned. I mean, um, you know, Kaya Physio, he's, he's down there, he gives me an update, and George, you know, me and George speak every other day. Um, you know, and everything's coming on nicely yeah. in preparation for when they give it the green light. Um, you know, so our club will be ready, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, when when it's, you know, George has done and put a lot of work into the protocol and the safety aspect uh, and Mel, you know, and, yeah. and, they, and they've discussed um, all scenarios. And, you know, and I'm, I ask, obviously, because it's not going to be only match days it's got to be training grounds yeah um you know like and you, you see them in the premiership fumigating the ball as it comes off and give you one that's already been coated with you know like the um a liquid yeah. to, to stop the spread <clears throat> so there's a lot of things to be to be done and uh you know there's still a little bit of time to do it but that'll come around quick and our club seems to be uh, ahead of the game, I'm pleased to say. So that's, it will be safe that's good <laughs> when news, it comes yeah. round to our supporters coming to play more. You know, it'll be uh, it'll be perfect. Now, uh, obviously, every week I think, oh, is he going to say something about a new player or whatever? And um, obviously, you kept it yourself, which which is you know for for, for the right reasons. Um, are we any closer to hearing anything about players? Because um, I, I noticed that there was a, a hint that something might be coming out quite soon. Yeah, the, um, the hint was um, was that we, we've got three players that have already agreed, yeah. so that's good, but we can't sign them yet, yeah. so, you know, if, if we just, it's pointless pointing the names Absolutely. out there, so yeah. just right this minute, um, and then we've got two or three on the go um, that we're, we've narrowed down maybe to one or two. Okay. <laughs> and it's not a great narrowing down, but <laughs> we've identified people we want, and you know we, we've been lucky enough to uh, be still in the race for them. That's Excellent. The, that's, the, okay. that's the good thing. So it's uh, so it is getting nearer, but not ready yet to um, you know spill our beans. When you say still in the race for them, has it been different? Uh, talking to players this time around because of the situation than than the way talks would normally go. Yes, because everybody is, including clubs. You know, we we have to 
sort of like, you know, you, the, you can talk to somebody and be keen and he'll be keen. Yeah. But then somebody else will suddenly come along the following week. You know, so it's clubs that are playing the field as well as players yeah. playing the field. Because there is a lot of people that are available, if you like. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, once it comes to the logistics, it suddenly becomes different if somebody wants to stay up north, for instance, or, you know, some want to go abroad. Yeah. Um, you know, some... It, there's, a, there's a lot of situations that mean we don't get them. Do you know what I mean? You know, as, as the same as if someone's down south don't want to go up north. Yes, so yes. Swings and roundabouts, of course. But um, there's been some, you know, some encouraging talks. And um, sometimes it's some of our players know the player. And of course. And then we can ask our players what are they like. You know, they might have played with them or been in there, you know, uh, played against them. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we look at all, all aspects. And then uh, when, when we're ready... Uh, and as I say, we've dived in on three of them. Uh, three of them have dived in on us, so we know that's that's done. You know, yeah, short, all but short, the, all but the pen to paper. Yes, well, not pen to yeah, all but yeah, pen to yeah. Paper. That's right, exactly, exactly. Brilliant, Gary. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll speak right. to you again next week, and we'll have the same conversation. Oh, <laughs> well, we might be a bit closer next week. Yeah, let's hope so. That, that's good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Bye. Gary. Bye. Okay, mate. Speak to you later. So always interesting to uh, catch up with Gary. Um, somebody is trimming their hedge nearby. The, the room is very hot, so we've opened the windows and now someone's re- uh, doing their hedge, which is uh, it's so, good timing. It's, uh, it's, um, yeah. it's a kind of a Pleasant Valley Sunday kind <laughs> of sound anyway, isn't it? So uh, we're, 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 we're trying out uh, the studio uh, this yeah. time rather than uh, using phones. So we're stepping up in the world. So there might be some technical hitches, but I'm sure we'll get away with it. And in order to be uh, two metres apart, we've got a very sensitive microphone here, which is picking up a hedge trimmer from somewhere over near Exmouth, yeah, I think. I think I, I might need to, to work on the microphone settings. <laughs> but yeah, Gary was very interesting there. Um, how do you feel about wearing a mask watching football? <laughs> is that a drill now? I think it is. <laughs> these, these things are sent to try us. If we, I mean, if we're going back to football... It looks as if, if you want to go and watch a game of football, you're going to have to wear a mask, aren't you? Yeah, it's going to be weird, isn't it? It's, it's I, I hate the phrase, but the new normal. Yeah. It will be the new normal when we go back to play more, that, that we'll be wearing masks, I think, if indeed crowds are allowed in. But I'm kind of getting the feeling that, you know, crowds will be allowed in, whether they'll be at 100% is a different mm. matter. Maybe they'll be um, 50% of the capacity or even 30%. I mean, how much does that mean to no, us at right. Plainmore because we're, 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 we regularly push 50% but not much more than that mm. unless a big team turns up um, so yeah it's going to be weird and, and, and are you going to be able to go through turnstiles I, I doubt it no, that's so true. how long yeah. and are you going to have you know, one of those, those temperature guns at your head and, and how long is that going to take for each individual coming into the ground to have their temperature taken and we joked, didn't we, a few weeks ago about poor old Patrick being out there putting spots on the terraces two metres apart, but that that's a way of doing it, isn't it? Well, well Gary did say that the, the club has obviously been, been putting protocols into action. Um, George Edwards and, and uh, Mel Heyman have been working hard behind the scenes with the, with the rest of the staff there to um, just, just make sure that everything is, is done under guidance from yeah. the government, you know, everything's done right. Um, and more than that, you know, everything is ready for a return to football because, you know, it's going to happen, hopefully, 
month and a half's time yeah. and we want it to be right, don't we? We do. It's got to be right, otherwise football is going to find itself closed down again, isn't Muffled it? Muffled chanting is going to become a thing, isn't it? Muffled chanting, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> going to be a long time before we see a packed pop side again, you know, even if we get the same amount of fans over on that side, they're going yeah, to have to stand ab- apart. You're not going to see the old um, mobile phones held up during the evening games for a while. It's, it's just going to be very, very strange over the, uh, over the next few weeks. But good to know that we're coming back and good to know that the club um, has got these protocols in place and is taking it seriously as they have to. Yeah, absolutely. About getting absolutely. the masks on. Um, I mean, masks I'll, on the press bench as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that press bench is a squeeze. It is a squeeze. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I've been more than intimate with you and David <laughs> at times. Um, That's one way of putting it, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're going to have to space yeah, space are. those yeah. seats out. Yeah, there's yeah. going to have to be a, a one-off one-off policy on the seats, yeah. and and that reduces the the press benches. I mean, will away teams now send send pressmen down because you know things are changing, aren't they? Will yeah. away radio stations yeah. send press down? Will they not maybe plug into the talkie feed? A lot of things are going to change. A yeah. lot of things. A lot of things we won't know until the first game when we yeah. get up there and think this is the way it's going to be now. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But. Yeah, let's try it. I'm prepared to give it a try. Well, it means seeing some football again. I haven't spoken to, to Daniel, who of course went to Wembley to watch Exeter. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I will give him a ring and see what he thought about the whole experience. Um, I don't know how many press were there, um, but you know it'll it'll be interesting. It will. It's interesting watching uh, Adebayo Akinfenwa celebrating Wickham's. Yeah, that that was a great. Uh, that was a great post-match <laughs> press conference, wasn't it? It was, it was. But they, they had a shot. Do it. I was watching that game and they had a shot of the. The press bench, and there wasn't yeah. very many people in there at all. No, but, um, Bill Turnbull uh, is a, is a big fan of the club. The uh, he's a Wickham fan, isn't yeah, he? yeah, and yeah. Uh, he was there doing their um, their their official website's commentary, uh, standing on his own in the middle of a <laughs> acre of empty seats. It's going to be strange. I mean, and our normal uh, practice of calling across to each other, saying, "Who was that? Who got the last touch on that? <laughs> Who knocked the ball up for that?" And yeah. um, it's going to be very, very strange, but we'll give it a go. Okay, we'll move on. We'll talk a bit more about what Gary had to say in a minute, but uh, you also managed to get... Uh, he's in the middle of a, a workout here, isn't he? You also managed to get Asa Hall. I, I gave Asa a ring, um, caught him um, as he was preparing to go for a run um, with Jake, uh, Jake Andrews. Um, they were out together just getting ready to go for a run. Uh, he kindly said I could have five minutes of his time before they set off. And I, 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 I started the conversation with, you know, how has it been going, really? Um, yeah, it's been really good. Uh, obviously, you know, very strange circumstances. Um, but a few of us have sort of, you know, with a destination in mind of, you know, maybe starting back August pre-season. We yeah. uh, stepped the running up a little bit and, you know, it's time to get sort of fit enough for, for pre-season, really. Is it a bit frustrating it still being slightly ambiguous about the dates and everything? Yeah, it is. I mean, we would like, obviously, dates um, set in stone, but I think, you know, we're not going to get that luxury this year, so we've just got to be as prepared as we can and and ready to, um, you know, start the season when we can. I think, you know, the boys are texting me all the time and everyone's chomping at the bit to get back now. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And, and it'll be interesting when you do get back to see some new faces, I guess, as well. We don't know who they are yet, but uh, we do know they're coming. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's the gaffer's done really well, I think, keeping the, the, the core of the squad together. Yeah. Um, we all know how the gaffer works. We all, 
it's a good dressing room, everyone gets on and, you know, there's definitely good performances and good players in that dressing room. So, you know, I'm sure the Gaffer will add some real quality. Um, and yeah, it's exciting. It's always nice to, to see the new faces and, um, you know, see where that's going to take us this season. Absolutely. So you've, you've been training with Jake today. Have you been training with any of the other boys over the last couple of weeks? Well, me and Jake don't live too far from each other, so we've been doing quite a lot together yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um, we've seen Sean McDonald and Carl Cameron as well. So, you know, I'm sure the boys are all doing their own bits, but we've got that luxury of, you know, living by each other so we can push each other through with the running, really, which is good. Interesting chat. Where were they running off to? Did they? Um, I'm not sure, but I, I'm not sure, but I did see Asa on Babacombe Downs with Amani Little walking uh, with, uh, I, I guess, his Asa's daughter. I don't know who it was, but uh, and 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 he pointed at my dog. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, well, who we, wouldn't? We, we had a little chat about that yeah. before before we started recording, <laughs> and uh, he said you should have said hello. And uh, I know what Bertie's like. He likes to. Uh, he does indeed. Yeah, good. I mean, the players are back in training. It's good that they're. Uh, training together, there's a bit of team spirit coming out of it, and Ace has obviously got um, got high hopes for um, for what Gary's been doing behind the scenes, getting yeah. the squad back together again. Yeah, and 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 he also said that um, you know it'll be it'll be good to see a couple of new faces at training. Yeah. We know Gary's been talking to people. He's now kind of almost confirmed that yeah. um, there will be three players coming in that he has. I think he said to me the other day, ninety nine percent. Sure yeah. that that their their deal is done without any pay, pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one percent is a is of course, you know we've seen it happen with Kiefer Moore. We've seen it happen with yeah, with, with, um, with uh, Morton at West Brom yeah, as well. So you know yeah. he's I think he's been bitten by the Callum Morton thing especially. So so he's never going to be one hundred percent. He's he, absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. you know, experienced manager. Is I'm sure it's happened to him a hundred times, so he's wary of it. But I think the three three yeah. players that he has in mind, which he won't announce names of until I don't think the day they turn up, and as we said last yeah. week, hold the shirt up in front of the camera. Yeah. I don't think we'll know who they are. I think we can have a pretty good guess who they are, but or we're, at least two of them, I think. Well, we're thinking Danny Wright, aren't we? Yeah. We're thinking Gary Warren. Uh, yeah, but I'm, we're, I'm we're prepared, more than prepared. We're prepared to be wrong completely. I'm more than we? prepared yeah. to be wrong on both of those. Yeah. Yeah. They're completely wrong because Gary won't, and, and, and it's absolutely fair enough. Um, Gary won't tell me who they are, no, so yeah, you I am, I am literally no. spe- speculating. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't be amazed if one of the other players released by Exeter City, yes, and didn't no, uh, yeah. I, I, I think the other one of the three that, that he, he is almost confirmed, um, might not be. He said he was, he, he had he'd been talking to. Or had a list of three others, which had now been whittled down to a list of two others. Okay. He said he admitted there yeah. wasn't much of a whittling down, <laughs> but so that's two more players maybe that, yeah. that that he's almost there on. That's another five. Yeah, that's five in all. If if another Exeter City player who's been released by Matt Taylor in the last couple of weeks isn't on that list, I'd be slightly surprised. Yeah. Not 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 majorly surprised, well, but slightly surprised. I mean, of course, you know, there are players that have been playing in the National League. Possibly League Two last season, possibly National League South, which Gary and and um, uh, Aaron Downs will have will have looked at, gone, oh, that's that's interesting, yeah. and monitored, and we'd have no clue who no. these players are because yeah, 
the, the conversation will have just been between those two for the for the most part, and then and then with the player on the agent. Um, yeah. We we we, we were the foggiest who no. those players could be. That's why they're the top talent spotters, <laughs> yeah, and we're exactly, not. But, exactly. uh, looking forward. I mean, to we could that. always point to players and say, "Oh, he'd be a good addition," but we're yeah. not Gary Johnson. So no. Let's, no. No, it's just going to be exciting. The first time they say, right, we've got a signing to announce, they do the shirt picture, whether they do it on August the 1st or whenever they do it, it's just going to be exciting for everybody, isn't it? It'll lift the spirits of the whole club, lift the spirits of the fans. You've only got to look on social media to see how desperate people are to get some football, to see some football, um, and to get back in touch with their club again. Yeah, um, it's a big big part of our life is missing at the moment, isn't it? it? Is. Um, we're trying to fill it a little bit. Uh, the website, the, the official website's trying to fill it with their uh, Inside Play More yeah. pieces. You know, um, there are other 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 podcasts that do talking night stuff. They're trying to fill it, but re- really, all we want back is we, is some football. I got ridiculously excited when Robert Miles' children was an answer <laughs> on Popmaster the other day. And I thought that's it. I'm nearly back there. Brilliant. Okay. Did they get it right? Yes, they did. Oh, yeah, okay, they that's did. good. They yeah. must be talky fans. Yeah. So the rest of the podcast, we've had um, we've had the interviews. The B question, let's start with the B question. Um, we started this last week and we will try and remember it. What we want to know from you before the end of the podcast, when I will try and remember to give the answer, is the player whose name begins with B, who's made the most appearances, and who has made the player whose name begins with B, who has scored the most goals for Torquay United. Okay, there's quite a few Bs, isn't there? I have quite a, a feeling on one... Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that bloke has just started his car outside. He's not going to tell you either. <laughs> he needs his exhaust fixing. I do need to sort out the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the get get a less less uh, sensitive microphone. I think if we're going to do it in here, um, yeah, I've got a feeling on one. Tony yeah. Beddo sprung to mind for appearances, but I'm not sure about Benson. Maybe or Bettany or we will, all will be revealed mm. at the end of the podcast yeah. because Q is for quiz. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, also this week, a couple of things we need to mention. One, not so happy, a gentleman by the name of Graham Jenkins, who is a great supporter of Torquay, particularly away from home, based in the Bristol area, has died this week. There are a lot of tributes to him being paid on social media, so let us add our own. It's very sad that uh, you know that Tor- died in the world, Torquay United supporter. Yeah. Uh, and I see there are plans, they're actually putting a bit of funding together today uh, to have a flag. Excellent. Um, with his name on it, maybe even with his likeness on it as well, which I'm sure we'll see on the terraces sooner or later. A really fitting tribute, and I think that's a great thing. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. Graham Jenkins, who uh, who died this week. Uh, and happier news for Ben Whitfield and Ben Winter, who yep. have been named as Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year. The club did a, a poll. Uh, people could vote on that. Um Ben Whitfield, I mean, he was my choice. We talked about this weeks ago. Ben Whitfield, I think, had a brilliant season last yeah, season. Yeah, you liked him last season, didn't you? Ben Winter, as, as Gary says, it's hard to remember that he's still a young player. He's still developing. There's an aeroplane. Is There's he? an aeroplane going past him. <sighs> but yeah, uh, Ben Winter, he must be 22, 23 in order to qualify for the young player. He must be. But well, um, I'm not sure about that. He's older than that, isn't he? Well, he's still a young player. Are you sure Whitfield didn't uh, win the young player? No, I'm ninety-nine percent sure. Double check while uh, while we're on air. We, well, I'm going to just check. There we go. But well deserved for Ben Whitfield. He said in his response to the award that uh, his move to Torquay was in some ways a way to prove himself because he'd had a bit of an unhappy time at Port Vale. I think he's gone beyond proving himself at Torquay. He's an absolute, um, absolute 
nailed on addition to the squad. My phone's on flight mode. Your phone is on <laughs> to flight. To stop it going off during the That's podcast. why the air, you've called in an aeroplane <laughs> from uh, over here. But those are the two guys who can be celebrating today. Uh, Rory Keating is 25 years old today. Happy birthday to Rory. At least if you need happy birthday singing, you just ask your Uncle Ro and he'll make a good job of it as well. Just going to do some live giggling. Okay. <laughs> you can hear the keyboard uh, going. You, you just can't buy quality like this when it comes to um, podcasting. Um, and also the, the Q team. Now, as those of you who listen every week will know that we've been doing a team built up of players with... Um, the, the surnames beginning with a certain letter. We've reached the letter Q, which means we only have one player for our team. There's a gentleman by the name of Joe Quigley. Yeah. Um, who came to us. He's, now, he's only 23 years old now. He came to us in 2015-16. Paul Cox, I think, brought him in, if I remember rightly. Yeah. He came down from Bournemouth on loan with a fellow by the name of Josh Carmichael, who was also also looked a decent player. Uh, 10 games, only one goal in those 10 games for Joe Quigley. He's had loads of loans. He's had eight loans during his time at Bournemouth. He's currently at Dagenham and Redbridge. Okay. Uh, but he is a, a Republic of Ireland under 21 international. So he's got something, but he hasn't quite gelled anywhere yet. He's had so many loans and he's currently playing in the National League. So, you know, a player who's still got something to give. I think 23. He's still got a career. I, I quite liked him when he was at Talker. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was a half decent player. Breaking news, Ben Winter is 22. He's 22. I'm astonished. I don't know why oh I thought God. he was older than that. Well, he's got an old head on young shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Say, he? Well, he, he seems to have been around for quite a he while, does. doesn't he? And, and you know, uh, quite, an, quite, quite a, uh, an experienced presence in the back yeah. there. So I'm, I'm he, amazed. The thing with Ben is he's getting better as well, isn't he? You know, he, got, he actually got better during last season. You know, when he started off... There was the odd mistake there. I'm sure he did admit it himself. There were times when he'd fade in and out of the game a little bit. Towards the end of the season, or, or towards two-thirds of the way through the season, which is where we had to stop, uh, he's almost the first name on your team sheet, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and if you'd asked me if it, how old he was, I would have said 24, yeah. 25, maybe even 26. Astonished, astonished. Gary reckons he and Liam Davis are the best two fullbacks in the National League. Yeah, they, Gary I would say he, that, wouldn't he? But he I would. think he might be right. But yes. I think he might be yeah. right as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's key that that those two um, have played together quite a lot. That mm. that the shape of the team is good with those two playing on the left and the right of defence. It was it was an interesting to see that when they were both injured last season. Yeah, that was kind of around when the slump happened, that dreadful yeah. slump. Um, so yeah, I think I think it will be key to have those two fit and balancing up the the defence and balancing up the, the the whole shape of the team. I yeah. think. Yeah, good play. I think two good choices there. I wonder if the fans would have voted Jamie Reed for Player of the Year if he would still been with us. I think no, ja- um, no I disrespect think Jamie to Reed ben was Whitfield. the Player of the Year, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, I, I understand why he didn't get the get the vote in the end um, having said that you know I'm very happy to see the name Ben Whitfield yeah, on that trophy yeah though. absolutely and I think he's got more player of the year seasons yeah, in him for yeah, us yeah, he's one of those stuff. players who could be here for a while yeah uh, also this week um, let's talk about the five substitutes rule as well there's a very very good piece by Matty Hayward on the Talkie Talk blog mm-hmm. uh, this week by the way if you do read that have a look at that uh, he makes a very good point about this five subs thing that you're going to have. At the moment, you're looking at a 14 versus 14 game because, you know, if, if managers use their substitutes wisely, 
you're looking at a squad game these days. Yeah. If it's up to 16, how many teams at our level have got 16 really good players? You've got some players on the bench who are there in case of emergencies, but you've got teams, the wealthy teams, who will have 16 top-notch players. Yeah. And it becomes a haves and have-nots kind of thing again, doesn't it? Well, traditionally, clubs at our level, and, and let's go back to when Leroy was, was in charge and, and you know youth team players like Kane Bond and Graham Killery were on the bench quite regularly. They weren't on the bench to, to necessarily bring um, on as an, as an experience. They were there to, to be yeah. blooded. Um, now, that's because Torquay couldn't afford no. to have players and still can't certainly can't have players on the bench that demand first team yeah. wages um we, we were lucky a couple of times last season when we did seem to have that bench yeah. but um that's not the norm and and i don't unless i've missed something i don't know if they're going to extend the numbers on the bench for well, the, i mean they're doing it at the moment aren't they because there are so but, many but, games but is it going to be in the is it going to be in the national league this is the, this is the my, thinking yeah. is that it might you right. know, because you know these things come in at one end of the game and they um they stay in below it's it's an i mean you're going to have thought, the groundsman on the bench aren't you <laughs> yeah, you are i mean I, i'm up for it take your boots you might be needed <laughs> If Gary puts you on the bench, if, you're if get he's a looking game, for you? a slightly balding forty-nine-year-old fat striker, I'm there. <laughs> there have been plenty of those over <laughs> the years. The touch of the Alan Gilzines about yeah. these days, yeah. Okay, but uh, yeah, interesting. And as I say, a very good piece by uh, Matty Haywood there. Excellent if you stuff. get the chance to read, I'll that. have a look at that. So we didn't have a Q team to talk through as such. No, that would quickly <laughs> So we just said, what if we looked at players who or play and managers who have doubled up here between um, Talker United and Queen's Park Rangers. You're going to Google another one in a minute as well, aren't you? There was another oh, yes, there was we, another player that we were going to Google that we don't want to overlook. So I'll just, I'll just flannel a bit while you carry on um, Googling there in the background. But we, we weren't sure about a goalkeeper. We've actually got two goalkeepers in this team of players who doubled up Talker United and QPR. So let's start with Jürgen Sommer. Remember Jürgen Sommer? Goalkeeper. Do remember Jürgen Sommer? Didn't he go and play for Luton? He did. He came. Well, he came to us on loan from Luton. From Luton. Yeah. From Luton. Ninety-two, American. ninety-three. American goalkeeper. Got ten caps. Oh right. For the okay. USA. Uh, he was at QPR between ninety-five and ninety-eight. He was the first American goalkeeper to play in the Premier League, or was it the first division then? Right. Okay. But, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good goalkeeper. I remember him having an absolute nightmare up at St James's Park in an auto windscreens. Ooh. Game we got battered up there. It was a horrible night, and he had a terrible game. His clearances were going straight to Exeter players. Uh, it was an awful night up there. But he did also have some very very good games for Torquay. But let's just um, we'll gloss over that terrible yeah, night. For yeah. Him. Remember interviewing him as, as well when he was here. There was a U.S. election once, and we used him at the Herald Express as our token American. Your pollster. Our pollster. <laughs> so we did a big interview with Jurgen. A pollster one. Nice guy. Uh, still coaching in the States, I believe. Okay. Doing pretty well. Now, these players are in no particular order at all. They seem to be, we seem to be slightly heavy on the strikers here. So let's just go through them. The other goalkeeper, interestingly, David Webb. Now, you really? could write a whole book about David Webb. Yeah. But he was, um, he was here between... And then you could sell it from a car park behind the ground. He played a whole game, an entire match for Chelsea as goalkeeper. Did he really? Don't know why, but he played the whole game. He played against Ipswich. 
kept a clean sheet, and in the <laughs> return fixture of the same season, he played a centre forward and scored twice. Wow, that's that's some record, isn't it? But not many people have done that. And he's, oh, he's if a, anyone, he's a better player than he gets credit for. I think you, yeah. you, everybody, you just see David Webb as being a bit of an enforcer for Chelsea, yeah. don't you? Because yeah. he had those features, he had that sort of rugged look, and there are clips of him hacking and scything players <laughs> down but there was a lot more to his game than that you'll probably sue me for that now um, but as manager of Torquay we had two dreadful seasons it says on Wikipedia and I think this is an understatement his spell in charge is not fondly remembered no <laughs> there were, oh, it was all kinds of shenanigans up there wasn't he was that we were doing used cars from the uh, the gravel behind the away end which was my point about the book selling there yeah, yeah. um he, he made us play in a blue kit. Yes. Away from the I've yellow. I changed the badge, I believe. I yeah. think I've got, I uh, don't know where it came from, a box of talky something I bought on eBay when I was, I don't know, 22 or something. But I've got a, I've got material blue badge from that era. Have you? I can't yeah. remember how different it is, but it's certainly different. Yeah. Changed a lot of things. We did, we were awful back then. It yeah, was, we it were. was kind of our lowest ebb, wasn't it? And, you know, I sat through it next to my dad and my granddad. Um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't pleasant, was it? wasn't it? good. But David Webb, you know, in as a whole, David Webb's career was pretty good. Never played for England. I thought he might have no. played for England, but he never did. One of those like Steve Bruce. You go, how did he not play for yeah. England? Yeah, so David, and we'll have him in, in as a backup. In case Jürgen Sommer gets injured, David mm. Webb can go and go Don Mills, of course, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Okay, of course. Don yeah. Mills was at QPR yeah. from 1946 to 1951, played a lot of games for them, and of course had 10 years at Plainmore. One of the absolute legends of Plainmore was one who played for both. Tony Curry was another one. I remember him well. I love watching Tony Curry. What a great at player. Turkey. Yeah, uh, and I think that was one of the... One of the what date is it? You've got the date there? He was he was at Torquay in 1984. Yeah, see, I was about 13. So it was one of the first times a player that I could remember playing in the in the top divisions and being a famous player coming to Torquay and playing for Torquay. Yeah. Before that, the players who come along who played in the higher divisions, of course, have been playing in the higher divisions before my time, really. Yeah. But this was the first one that I remember going, oh, crikey, we've signed Tony Curry. Yeah. It was exciting, wasn't it, to have Tony Curry? But he only played 16 games for Yeah, I, I knew it wasn't very many, but yeah, uh, yeah it was exciting. But everybody remembers yeah. him, don't they? Yeah. And um, he's still involved behind the scenes at Sheffield United. Um, he, you know, he's still quite a major part of their backroom okay. team. And Sheffield United fans have voted him their greatest of all time. He is have the they? GOAT at Sheffield United. Is he? Right. So, uh, you know, a good player. Um, I'm going to... I've actually got the next one, but we'll come to the next one. Last, you've got okay. one up on screen. I you? have got one up that um, seems to be missing from your list, and it's yeah. oh, when you mentioned we were doing this before before the the, the, the microphones were turned on. The first player I said was I, immediately was this player. I did not have him written down. I can't imagine why I did not have okay. this name written down. Gregory Goodrich. Gregory Goodrich. Of seven games after leaving Torquay, so we went to QPR from Torquay. Seven games, one goal, apparently. Yeah. Um, just double check how many years that was. I, I haven't got the glasses on, but... It says 1995-96, so he was probably there for a season before going to Bristol City. Yeah. 
There we go. And we sold him to Queen's Park Rangers for, what, £250? Yeah. £250? £250,000? £250, £250, £250, yeah. £250, £250 would have been a bargain. <laughs> but yeah, Gregory Goodrich. We did some quite business out of that. Good business out of those those guys who came over from the Caribbean, didn't we? We did. We, uh, what players they were yeah. as well. We could do with another... Another couple another of those. Dono yeah. style conduit into yeah. uh, into one of those teams. Robbie Herrera, of course. Yep. Um, Robbie, a talky boy, but he was an apprentice at Queen's Park Rangers. He played for QPR before he came back and played for Torquay. Right, and then he... Moved to Fulham. That's it, yeah. I was trying to remember where he went. That's right. There's a nice story on the internet about that as well. Apparently, um, when Jimmy Hill was the chairman at Fulham, uh, he went out in front of the fans and appealed to the fans. He said, there's a, a left-back at QPR that we want to sign at Fulham, but we can't afford him. We need to raise £60,000, and this is where you, the Fulham fans, come in. <laughs> and the rumour is, never substantiated, that Hugh Grant, the famous actor, oh. Hugh Grant, paid all, or most if not all, of the sixty grand that wow. took Robbie Herrera from QPR to Fulham. Wow. Lovely story if it's true. Lovely story if it's not, to be honest. <laughs> but but um, yeah, Hugh, so Hugh Grant may have facilitated the move for Robbie. Okay. Uh, he's at Dorchester now, I think, isn't he? Robbie, I is thought he? he was at Plymouth Argyle, uh, oh, youth yeah. coaching, but I might be wrong. But he had six games in he's charge He's still living Torquay. in Torquay. He's a, yeah, I know Robbie quite well, although I've not seen yeah. him for a while, so I don't know where he is at the moment working-wise. But um, I, he used to live just down the road from me, uh, so I knew him very well. An actual, actual fact, a, a brother of a, my, one of my best friends went to school in the same... Well, actually, was good friends with Robbie at school, so uh, Audley Park boy, of course. There you go. Six games as caretaker oh, no, hang manager. On. Hang on, Cuffin Main, because they went to Cuffin Main. <laughs> they went to Cuffin Main. Got to get the schools right, yeah, otherwise I ha- there'll, I be, have, yeah, there'll be a yeah. riot. Uh, yeah, his caretaker manager career, um, when, yeah, I mean, obviously he was assistant to Kevin Nicholson, yeah. Caretaker for six games afterwards. Yeah. They didn't go particularly well. No. Um, but Robbie, as a player and as a coach and as a youth team, you know, a motivator and a bringer through of youth players, um, a, a bloke with few equals at Playmore, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Really, um, you know, yeah. proper good servant. QPR, Fulham, Torquay. Yeah. You know, a terrific career in the game. Excellent stuff. Now, the next one, I didn't realise until I looked it up this morning that this fella had played games for Torquay. Ian Holloway. Yes. Played games for Torquay. Now, I must have been around when he played five games in 1987. I don't remember him playing. I do, but I was aware that he had played those five games. On loan, was it? On loan from Brentford. Right, yeah. Uh, Massive, one of the great characters in the game. Indeed. Ian Holloway, terrific character in the game. Uh, Been Queen's Park Rangers manager twice, hence the link between the two. Um, interesting his autobiography is absolutely fascinating his family is fascinating he's always got a good quote for the media yes um, I, I just read, did a little bit of reading on the way he left Plymouth that was, that was all very acrimonious he went to Leicester from Plymouth um, and he does say afterwards I think he says that um, he was brought up by his parents with um, to have honesty and respect and he forgot all of those things when oh, he left dear. Plymouth yeah. uh, so he's um, you know he, he's quite uh, Quite sorry about Quite the way a it turned out. Yeah. Quite a character. Yeah. Um, always, um, always good to see him on the TV. Mike Fillory, uh, who was at QPR in eighty five and eighty six. 
He's been player of the year at Chelsea, a very, very cultured midfielder. Player of the year at Chelsea? He was a Jason Fowler kind of a midfielder. Obviously, he wasn't as good as Jason Fowler. Uh, no one was. But um, but he came to Torquay on loan for <coughs> four games in 1991. Okay. He was one of those players you can always remember seeing on the big match. Mike Fillery, Steve Kember. If you, Do you know what? I can't remember him at all. That's weird. If you imagine those players from that era, they have the voice of Brian Moore behind them. Yeah, and a, and a muddy pitch below them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's always they're one of those Sunday afternoon TV highlights yeah. players. Mike Fillery is one of those who comes up. Leroy Rossini, of, of course. Of course, yes. Um, Queen's Park Rangers, eighty-five to eighty-seven. Torquay is manager 2002-2006, including the promotion season. Yes. Uh, that magnificent team that we talk about every week. The yeah. younger listeners must get exasperated, but the fantastic, the Alex Russell, David Graham, Jason Fowler, Matt Hockley team, uh, Stevie Woods, the promotions, Martin yeah. Britton, David Graham. Then you could just really... well Just we, keep talking. We do yeah. constantly yeah. talk about that great, great team. Um Taylor, Woosley. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, you, could, you could go on for... Kefor. Yeah, great, great team. Uh, and he's still, he, he's still dogged by the 10-minute manager. Which the, we're not sure about. Oh, well, you know, I, 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 it's an I was there moment. And uh, I, I'd like to talk to him about it. I, I did ask someone for... I, I used to have his number. I'm not sure if he's changed his, 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 his phone in, in the years since he left yeah. Torquay. But uh, I'd like to talk, talk to him about it because I was there... And it was a bit blown out of all proportion, I think. It was I, a good story. Yeah, it wasn't. Honest. It so wasn't. Um, it wasn't yeah. very long, but no. I don't think it was ten minutes. <laughs> but of course, what happened was, um, I, th- I think the press conference was on a Thursday or something, announcing mm. him as new manager. Now, Mike Bateson stepped back and given the chairmanship to Mike, Mike Bateson had, had bought the club back off. Or taken the club back off he who will not oh, be named. Of, of that person. Yeah. yeah. Um, and installed Mervyn Benny as chairman. Um, and they had a press conference to uh, announce that Leroy was the re- yeah. returning yeah. as manager. Now, he, ter- he was there at that press conference. He came in, he did the whole press conference. That was a Thursday, yeah. I think. Now... Um, the the news that he had left or was no longer the manager didn't come out till Sunday morning when I got it in the Sunday Independent. Sorry, yeah. Heldish Press. Sorry, Dave <laughs> Thomas, but I beat you to that one. It was one of my proudest moments. You please. Be <laughs> um, so unofficially, he was he was named manager on the Thursday or what it was, whatever it was, and then the news came out that on the Sunday morning that yeah. he was no longer manager because the consortium had bought the club and they wanted to bring in their own manager, which obviously happened to be Paul Buckle. It was, it was Bucks, wasn't it? But, yeah. but so at some point between the Thursday and the Saturday evening when I got the call to say the club had been sold, he, uh, Leroy was no yeah. longer manager. Was it 10 minutes straight after the press conference? The, the ten Doubtful. Minutes, no, the, but the 10 minutes crops up everywhere, doesn't it? Well, what it? happened it's, was, it was yeah. then on the, the following week, Yeah. Um, the story got picked up. Some, someone reported it as 10 minutes. Might have been the BBC. I'm not sure. And, um, of course, it got picked up by uh, Have I Got News For You? And it was on yeah. Have I Got News For You on their kind of roundup of pe- the sort of four faces and then w- yeah. w- what, what they all got in common. 
and he was on that as a manager had uh, been sacked after 10 minutes and I guess once that's happened it's it's out there it's and it's not going to change isn't it, after yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely well of course we've got to talk about this in two weeks time now yeah well, that's true yeah absolutely yeah, we'll do that anyway. Oh no, next week. Next week. Yeah. That's the Army team next week. We'll just do it again. We'll just yeah. rerun this bit. Well, we've got Liam to talk about next of week. Of course. So yeah, which we is, have yeah. another receiver Absolutely. to throw into the mix next yeah. week. The next QPR player to play for both is Stuart Wardley. Now, I remember Stuart Wardley for his white suits in the bar really? after the game. Really? Yeah, was, he, was, cool he customer. Of, was he a spice boy, was he? Bit, bit like that. Okay. He, he had um, bleached blonde hair, didn't he? And uh, yeah. <laughs> and white suits. Yeah, he he had been at Crystal Palace for quite some time and and was a major player there when we... QPR, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, Crystal yeah. Palace, QPR. A major player there, wasn't he? He'd scored some goals for them yeah. and, and, and played, was an attractive footballer. And he liked to think off the pitch as well as yeah. as well as on it. Did he have one of those awful feather cuts? It would be two thousand and four. Yeah, he yeah, probably, probably he had, did. I remember him having on loan. I think it was a bit shorter than when when he, in his pomp at QPR, <laughs> but it was still it was still sort of beach bum blonde. Yeah, but nice. with a white suit. Nice. Probably probably linen. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. He scored two goals in seven games for us, so that's not a bad return. Yeah, he was a good player. He was a very good player. We liked him. So, um, yeah, Stuart, I wonder what he's doing now. Ho- hopefully he's running a little chiringuetta, a little beach bar <laughs> somewhere in Spain. And f- uh, Well, not finally, because we're coming back to a major player in a minute, but also part of this team, Amrit Bansal McNulty, who we had on loan for three games last year. He's only 20. He's still in the QPR squad as we speak at the moment. Did he play a game for us? He did. He played three games for us. He was the one who came to it. He came on loan. Gary picked him up on loan. It didn't really work out for him, but he's got a good touch to him. He's one of these players who's come up through futsal. Right, yes. Which is not much use at Rochdale on a on a muddy November evening. That's that, that's hockey office, that is. Yeah, you could <laughs> you could see he's got a good touch, McNulty. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, he does a few little drag backs and things like that, and every now and then you think, oh, don't try that against that particular <laughs> defender because you'll end up um, uh, on the floor. On, flat on yeah. your back. But I think he's a pl- he's going to turn up playing for Maidenhead or Woking or right. something like that. Okay. Um, he's got I, a, I, got a career ahead of him. I quite like. I'm struggling him. to remember. Him as a player at Torquay, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, we had him next year. Oh, next year. Oh, no, it was last year. October, November last year, I think. I right. Well, it was during the run of injuries right, when we okay. were bringing in quite a lot of players because yeah. simply because you know we had to fill the bench, we had to fill the team. Yeah. And Amrit Bansal McNulty was one of those players who came in, looked all right, and okay. I think I think we'll see him again somewhere. Okay. Decent player, and of course the king of the players who have been on the books at both Torquay United and Queen's Park Rangers, is Mark Loram. Of course he is. The great Mark Loram. A contender for the GOAT, the GOAT at Is um, this a new Playmore. thing, GOAT? The players. GOAT. Well, they say Lewis Hamilton is the GOAT. Don't Do they? they? The right, greatest okay. of all time. It's an interesting so, concept, uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Who um, is your GOAT? Yeah, so a contender, certainly for the Torquay United GOAT, is Mark Loram. And we, 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 we've talked about Mark, haven't we? Uh, Quite a lot when we were we on have. L. We have. But what a player he was. Went to QPR, um, he, 86, 87. Never played a game for QPR. No. Um, for all kinds of reasons. Um, homesickness being yeah. the major one, I would, I would have thought. I don't think that's a secret. No, no, quite. He was, he was much happier to be back here with his mates play, playing a game of football. As we said the other week on a Sunday morning up at Wall Park, playing for yeah. 
Brixham Trawler Agents or Bury Ed Spurs yeah. or something like that. Where you played against him. <laughs> he, was much, he was much happier doing that than he would have been at QPR. But you always think, what if? Jim Smith was his manager, wasn't he? Yes, he um, was. Yeah. Uh, I did hear talk of... I can't remember who would have been Torquay's manager at the time, but... Um, there was a phone call from Jim Smith when he was he was expecting. It was Cyril, wasn't it? Was yeah. It Cyril? Yeah. Uh, I think your. I think our our, our lad who we're going to give a debut to tomorrow yeah. is is not around. Is he down there with you? Phone call. I think there was. Yeah, but uh, no, it's it's just a what if. You know that if he'd been able to sort of stay up there, play for QPR, he'd have been a fixture in that team in yeah. the first division. Yeah. He might have got a move to a bigger club still. He might have got international honours. It's just all might have been. But, you know, he's had, a, he's, he's had a good life. He's done well. He's played football for everybody. He's played for every local team. Yeah. He's still around. He's yeah. still happy. Yeah. You can't really ask for any more than that, can no, you? Absolutely. So, um, but there you are. That's, he's the king of the players who's played for both with that. Excellent. So that's that's the cues. That's the cues. And I'm going to come back to the B question because remarkably, oh, yes. I haven't forgotten it this week. Did I get it right? You did get it right. Oh. On the appearances, uh, Tony Beddo played 374 I knew games. it was more than people think. That's a lot of games for a player that came through the, the youth ranks and then um, was probably gone by 25 or something. And he, uh, Colin Bettany, who you also mentioned, was second with 361. Yes! That's quite impressive. Can I have a hat trick with Benson? I didn't look up Benson. Oh. I, did, I only looked up the top two. Do you want to have a go and see who the top goal scorer with 65 goals is? Oh, that's quite a lot. Um, oh, well, it's not Beds. I'm reeling you in here because it is, is it Beds. Beds. It is it Tony Beddo. Tony Beddo has right. both. Okay. 374 games, 65 goals. Next up, just out of interest, Willie Brown got 56. I see, I've forgotten Willie Brown. Graham Bond and Elliot Bennion, 54. Right, okay, interesting. So they did pretty well. But yeah, Tony Beddo has both of those records. Brilliant. Well, uh, and a really nice bloke as well. So well done, Beds. There you go. Hope you got that right. Well, um, we'll try and remember (laughs) to do a C player um, for you next week. I'm starting to think already. (laughs) So thank you very much for your time. This has been... Though the sound effects seem to have stopped. The bloke's finished cutting his hedge. The aeroplane's gone. The, the guy in the car park's moved on. He's probably nicked my car. <laughs> but um, thanks for your time. Um, won't be long before we've got some actual football to talk about. I shall sit down in the week and try and sort out the levels of the microphone, work out which microphone... This is a, this is a studio for recording music, so it's... It's a, it's a learning process on how to do a podcast in it, but we'll get there. Maybe we'll have to sing next week's podcast. <laughs> that would do. Well, you could do it. I don't think you'd want to hear me do that. I don't think they want to hear that either, to be fair. <laughs> so, as ever, in the meantime, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.